God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Um, well, Johnny Depp, I guess, is uh, going to be $15 million richer. So that that case is behind us. That's kind of a nice thing um, because uh, that couldn't have been good for anybody. But it is interesting. Amanda Heard you know, seemed to be some someone who really had a disdain and a dislike for 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 men in general there are people out there like that typically liberal typically sexually indecisive or whatever you want to call her but uh she was in it for the opportunity you know i heard, heard megan markle uh also her former husband before she met harry uh, was basically doing the same thing, looking for favors, and when they didn't get them, they were like petulant little spoiled brats. Um, they were only in it for the money. Just poor character, poor value system. And I think, uh, you know, it's nice to see the truth come out a little bit on that. You know, not that I'm a fan of Johnny Depp, I'm not, but... Uh, I think I've become uh, uh, I've become a person that uh, was rooting for Johnny Depp more than Amanda Heard because Amanda Heard stood for nothing but hate. At least Johnny Depp would try, but Don, Johnny Depp also is a misguided individual and with many flaws and liberal as well, you know. And this is what you have: this 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 rot and this decay in these households with these value systems that are just completely out of whack. You know, I like to see it when um, a Hollywood celebrity continues to live, you know, a life that is in touch with reality and they just choose to be grounded. You don't, just just because you're famous or just because you walk into a lot of money doesn't doesn't mean you need to abandon your principles and I think in the in the uh, long term 
you'll uh, you'll be thankful that you did that. That discipline, that self-discipline, it can get away from you, just like drinking can get away from you, just like all of our bad habits can get away from us. And if we allow them to, you know, if we, if we choose not to be disciplined at all times. And that goes for just so many things. Weight loss, you name it. Um, you know, you let it in and you get you develop bad habits. So it's just one of these things where you just gotta constantly be disciplined. And in the long run, if you do, you'll you'll be glad you did. I would say that's even the case with the gold standard. And with our economy, with inflation, with spending, government spending, and so many other things that, you know, we've allowed ourselves to uh, allow allow ourselves to spend money we don't have. But with the gold standard, you know, we're in a bad place because we uh, the gold standard kept us in check but gave us rigid flexibility, no flexibility. And, and once we got off of the gold standard, we had this great flexibility and and it was good for everybody if it was done responsibly, but... Jerome Pouse doesn't seem to know what he's doing, and and neither did Janet Yellen, for that matter. Janet Yellen finally has admitted that she got it wrong, that she doesn't know which way is up. So, you know, that's kind of an interesting uh, little factoid. And, oh, it's just... uh, we have a lot of different clips today we're going to be playing. Um, but yeah, we, we have to get... That's why rhinos, I think, for example, are the single, single-handedly single rhinos like Lindsey Graham and and Court, Cornyn and uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate are single-handedly uh, the biggest threat to our Second Amendment rights. You know, we're seeing what played out in just with Justin Trudeau in Canada. And we're seeing the demands on in all these makeup stories about what a nine millimeter bullet can do and things like that. At the same time, these same people want to defund the police and entertain that idea. That's ridiculous. And you call the police and they don't come. And of course, you need that ability to defend your home and your family and your property and your yourself especially in rural America. But somehow the people that want to mess everything up also want to control every aspect of your life. You know, last week we were uh, talking about Davos and, you know, it was a terrible situation there. You know, they rolled out their controlled people agenda and people just are like, oh, fascinating, academically, theoretically. It's all such great ideas but they want to control every aspect of your life and and they they should not be not not only should you not trust them but you know and there are people that do trust them yeah well i trust the government yeah so long as they're doing it for you so long as they're on your side but as soon as you become the polit- political dissident 
as soon as you become the political minority, uh, you too will experience the wrath of the government. You know, I love it when uh, Elon Musk comes out and he wants to buy Twitter, and all of a sudden the liberal media is saying, what if Elon Musk decides to censor the left? What if that happens? Then, then what? Who's to stop him? And how would we know? And they're coming out like as if this hasn't been happening for the last 15 years. And he, <laughs> it's just, really? Are you that out of touch? So, you know, gun rights is everything. Beto O'Rourke, we have a clip from him, wants to take away every one of your guns. He's sort of like Justin Trudeau 2.0. Beto O'Rourke. Exploiting and politicizing the the, uh, tragedy in Uvalde. It's absolutely crazy. Remember David Hogg from the Parkland shooting down in Florida? David Hogg. I cry BS. Well, he tweeted out. uh, Remind me, how many AR-15s did Jesus own? How many AR-15s did Jesus own? Remind me, you Christians. Remind me how many AR-15s did Jesus own? And so this guy named Britton Wolfe responds, not enough to avoid being murdered by his government. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's uh, case closed right there. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's absolutely crazy. So, Zaid Smith writes, I didn't know that the FBI has offices in a Democrat private law firm since 2022. I find this really strange, don't you? And the Federalist wrote, you know, one thing we've learned from the Sussman trial, and the fix is in, you know, the liberals don't vote for justice. They vote for their political persuasion. They allow themselves to be clouded. That's why, as much as it was the case that liberals would never hire Trump supporters, and they often fired people who came out as Trump supporters, for that and for the fact that the liberal jury voted the way they did in the Sussman trial, I would never hire a liberal. How about that? It goes both ways. And if you want to play that game, and I don't want to play that game, I I would rather just hire the best person, and I would rather just uh, do business with the best person. But if that's the way you want to play it, that's fine, because there are more conservatives working today than there are liberals. That's number one. Now, you might own Silicon Valley, and, and you might own the megaphone, and you might own the media, and you might own the narrative. But you don't own the workforce. Trump has got that in his pocket. The people who work with a hard hat on or, you know, the people that are going out to work every single day, those are the people that are voting for Trump. The people with common sense. The people that aren't rigging the systems and playing games with gaslighting and lying to to people on a daily basis. So we we uh 
We have the numbers. We just have to make sure they don't commit the fraud. So we're going to go ahead and take a listen to um, uh, something about inflation. We're going to be talking a lot about inflation. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit about Elon Musk today. Uh, And we're going to talk about guns and baby food. Those are some of the issues that have been really making the rounds uh, with regard to the White House press secretary and how she's got her hands full because she can't explain away why it is that Joe Biden didn't know sooner. And he claims he found out in April, but he did nothing since. And he said, what are you going to be, a mind reader? And all of a sudden, you know, you got all these people, apparently they were mind readers because they predicted it every step of the way. But it was Joe Biden who admitted that he was out of touch. Just like Janet Yellen admitted that the Biden administration's out of touch and got it wrong with regard to inflation. We're going to hear those clips as well. So this is CNN. And what's interesting about this is uh, this clip, if CNN is saying this, you know the Biden administration is going to take a bloodbath in November. You watch. What does it mean when you have the most, almost 60% of people polled said the economy is their number one issue, right? So what does this mean for Biden and the Democrats? Nothing good. Nothing good. It's bad. I mean, look, if you ask folks what's the most important problem, which is what Quinnipiac did a few weeks ago, uh, what do you see? You essentially see that inflation far and away the most urgent issue facing America, well above abortion, three times as high uh, at 33 percent. And, you know, they're blaming Biden. That's, I think, the key thing I take away from all this. You know, essentially, what's President Biden's job performance on inflation? Just 28 percent approved. Just 28 percent, 68 percent disapproved. And inflation, of course, impacts views of the economy at large. So you look at the net economic approval rating that Biden has currently. Look at this. Minus 26 points. Minus 26. That's tied with Jimmy Carter for the worst in the last 40 plus years. It's awful. Folks do not like the shape of the. So the net approval rating on economy. Now, Trump is not on that list because Trump. uh, No, Trump is actually plus six points. So. Trump, Trump, uh, Trump, Trump. But one thing you could say about Trump: people that didn't like Trump had to admit that his economy was just gangbusters, and we we all knew that. It says here, Biden wants to reinstate masks on planes. Again, not a great thing. I'm going to read through a couple of these tweets. Uh, like him or hate him, Trump would not have let his this mess happen, but that's why they had to get rid of him. Okay. Um, we're going to go ahead and play one more clip. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this is Janet Yellen. Let's take a listen to this. But it wasn't just the president who got it wrong a year or so ago. I want to play for you what you said about inflation last year. Listen to this. Is there a risk of inflation? Um, I I think there's a small risk, and I think it's manageable. I don't anticipate that inflation is going to be a problem, but it is something that we're watching very carefully. Was it a mistake, Madam Secretary, to downplay this inflation risk? Did that contribute to the problems we're all seeing right now? 
Well, um, look, I, I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't, at the time didn't fully understand. <laughs> I did, and I'm not Janet Yellen, and I'm not getting, what, $75,000 a speech? I mean, she, this woman, people pay her astronomical numbers to listen to her speak. I mean, she gets boatloads of money, boatloads, because she's supposed to be brilliant. I didn't see it coming. I got it wrong. I don't know what's happening. She's a clear academic. I can't stand people like this. You know, a monkey gets it half, uh, a, a broken clock gets it half, twice, gets it right twice a day. She's no better than a broken clock. And anybody could have told you. And again, I'm just so tired of it, you know, like being right. And it's not just about, it's not me being right. It's since the 70s when they were, they were rejecting trickle-down economics, the Art Laffer curve. They were, they were rejecting trickle-down economics. And, and I, I as, however young I was then, I got it. <clears throat> I'm like, I get it. You lower the tax uh, base and you, um, you know, you uh, basically trickle down economics. It's, it's uh, trickle down. It's not trickling down. They said it won't trickle down. So you give corporations a little bit of a break and they hire more people and they make more profits. They have more investments and they build a bigger infrastructure. You know, if you lower the tax base, um, people have more money in their pockets to spend. And when they spend, that puts people back to work. And it's a pretty simple equation, you know, that if I leave more money in your pocket, you then spend more money and thereby stimulating the economy organically, not from a government uh injection, like a quantitative easing, but through a mass scale of little little bits of, you know, not a $1,200 check because that money came out of thin air. We're talking about honest trade and the government just taking a smaller piece. And the government taking a smaller piece means the government is smaller relevancy. A smaller government which is exactly where they needed to go. The government needs to be smaller, not bigger. The government needs to be out of your life, not in your life. The whole reason why we had the recall on Abbott, you know, is the FDA shut them down and and demanded the recall and they said, "Well, this is going to be a huge problem." And the government just didn't care, you know. It's like we have our own standards. They could have they could have actually fixed that problem in a, in a better way and not had to shut down. 
But even Biden admitted that he didn't think for one second that closing down one plant would have that kind of an impact to where we, we're now like a third world country uh, begging for baby food in over in Europe. So let's take a listen to uh, a CNN clip. Isn't buying Biden's excuses of the baby formula shortage shortage? Okay, so let's take a listen to this. Okay, so the whistleblower complained in the fall. The FDA waited till December to act, waited until February to shut the plant down. President Biden wasn't told about it until April. You don't think any of that should have been done more quickly or, or, or sooner? You, you think everything just went exactly how it's supposed to? Look, the FDA commissioner has already said that he will conduct a thorough investigation to make sure that we understand fully the timeline. And I will leave that. Uh, those, those evaluations with respect to the facility uh, and making safety judgments, uh, I will leave to the FDA. Once the facility was shut down, what was clear was that we were going to need to do two things. One, the FDA was going to have to work to reach a consent decree with Abbott to get that facility back going, and that other producers were going to need to ramp up their production. It did not happen fast enough that the consent decree with Abbott was reached, and as a result, uh, we are in a position where we had to then take extraordinary measures to rely on production from other facilities. Those extraordinary measures required the direct, uh, the president's direct intervention, and that's what the president has directed, and that's what the president has done. I don't need the FDA to investigate itself to come to the judgment that they did not act quickly enough. <laughs> and on behalf of all the frustrated moms and dads and guardians out there, uh, I hope you don't either. Wow, that's CNN. Okay. So here um, they're talking about Press Secretary uh, Jean-Pierre just said that this has been a whole-of-government approach. I can't stand it when they use that phrase. That doesn't include the president. Biden economic advisor Brian Deese, same guy you just heard, relevant officials from across the government were focused on the effort. Let's take a listen. I guess I still just don't fully understand why you didn't tell the president until April if the if the problem was reported to the FDA last fall, the FDA didn't check it out uh, and until, I think, December, and then they shut down the factory in February. The president, the guy who, the only one who can invoke the Defense Production Act to uh, force companies to produce the, this incredibly direly needed infant formula, he's not told until April. The, the, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, your, your press secretary, just said this has been a whole-of-government approach. That, that doesn't include the president? The FDA took the appropriate measures to shut down the facility in February. And when that happened, the FDA and the relevant uh, officials from across the government were on, focused on the effort to try to increase production from other producers and also figure out how quickly they could get that facility back online. I, I yeah, and then... Uh Biden had to admit that uh, he didn't. He didn't think. He didn't think that this was going to be uh, a big deal. Let's see. We can't let up on the infant, in the infant formula market back uh, until it's all the way back to normal, and that's going to take a couple more months. But we're making significant progress. We yeah, they're making significant progress. Let's see. Um, so now the White House is bragging about their response to the baby formula. They're going to come out like heroes. The reason that we are where we are um, with uh, Abbott and this facility, um, with uh, the baby formula um, 
in this current situation. And we have seen production go up, again, the graphs that I showed, and, our, and that has happened because of our involvement in what we were able to do. The Applause here. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, and here she is on inflation. This is Kareem uh, Jean-Pierre, oh, I mean, I know you're very rich kid from the D.C. area. Uh, went to very, very rich schools, private schools, privileged, Silver Spoon. Let's take a listen. Asking me that the, the question of did we speak about it wrong or did we, you know, say, you know, did we I don't know, misspeak or not or, or uh, not have it right at the time? I mean, this is what what I'm trying to lay out is that there are things that happened. The covid variants, uh, Rus uh, Russia's war in Ukraine that was not predicted at the time. It was uh, and so what we're trying to do, what the president is trying to do is do everything that he can uh, to make sure that we deal and attack and fight inflation. So that is our, our focus at the time. Could you imagine if this I understand that you did not predict that, but there were many economists, Larry Summers among others, who were very clear in warning about the risks. Okay. So, I mean, I know. You know, could you imagine? Uh, I mean, th this is easily predictable. And I can't imagine this ever happening in a Trump administration. They would have handled it by now. All right, so question is, when are you guys going to admit that you were wrong about inflation? All right, let's take a listen, because Janet Yellen sure did. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong about inflation? <laughs> no easy questions today, huh? Uh, the Treasury Secretary <laughs> says that she was wrong, so why doesn't anybody okay. here at the White House? Okay, so look, what, uh, what the Secretary was pointing out uh, out. Uh, this is talking about yesterday when she was doing her her hit uh, with uh, her TV hit with CNN. Is that there have been shocks to the economy that have exacerbated inflationary pressures, which couldn't have been foreseen 18 months ago. When are you guys going to admit? It could have been foreseen 18 months ago. Everybody here was was uh, you know very much predicting it. Uh, and then here she is on baby formula. Let's see, there's another little clip from a different Doesn't address journalist. the question of why it was that the president didn't know when the manufacturers are saying that they knew as soon as the recalls happened, as soon as the plant was shut down, that this would be a very serious problem. Was there a breakdown in the process here? Did somebody fail to inform him? Look, I have not spoken to the president. I know that he just said that uh, a few moments ago. Uh, so I would have to uh, I would have to talk to him about about the April date. But what I can tell you is what he has seen, and this I know for certain, is that seeing the empty shelves is unacceptable. Seeing what families are going through is unacceptable. Yeah, well, they're going through it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, let's uh, take a listen to Joe Biden here. The question you always on every single thing, why didn't you act sooner? Um, well, I don't think anyone anticipated the impact of the shutdown of one facility uh, in, uh, uh, in the, the, the Abbott facility. And it was accurately shut down because it was the formula was questioned in terms of its, its purity. And so once we learned of the extent of it and how broad it was, we kicked everything into gear. And I think we're uh, I think we're on the way to be able to completely solve the problem. But they did, but I didn't. 
You see that? They did, but I didn't. So he got it wrong. And he, <laughs> he got it wrong in a big way. He just admitted it just there. Did you, and I'm going to ask this to your other colleagues, did you anticipate that the closure of the Abbott facility because it was produced, not producing the quality that was necessary, that would have this profound an effect immediately? Or did it, it, did it take a little this time? guy to, asking We the were press? aware of the general uh, impact that this would uh, have. And so from the moment that that recall was announced, uh, we reached out immediately to retail partners like Target, Walmart, to tell them this is what we think will happen. And this is the inventory we have on hand right now. You should order it. And any inventory in your distribution centers should be pushed to shelves as fast as possible. And, and they've been great partners in taking all of those actions. And then, of course, as the recall has gone on, um, more specific impacts have been felt. And we've learned and adjusted to those as well. But no, we, we knew from the very beginning this would be a very serious event. The very first thing we did when we heard about the Al Abbott recall was we could foresee that this was going to create a tremendous shortage. We um, significantly increased all our material orders. Um, we began communication with the FDA immediately. We began collaborating closely with the, you know, the FDA, our retail customers, and other stakeholders to identify and prioritize what was most critical. And we've been meeting, by the way, weekly with the FDA ever since the very first thing we did when we heard about the Al Abbott recall. So th there you go. So he was fair warned and he admits that he had a difference of opinion on this. Um, I also want to talk about his, his approval rating still. Uh, there's more NBC is piling on with regard to approval. Uh, we began with the backlash over inflation. A new NBC News poll showing 71% of Americans disapprove of President Biden's handling of the rising cost of living. And a lot of people won't like to hear this. Gas prices now reaching a new all-time high, 467 a gallon. Get this, up five cents since yesterday. But we began with the backlash. And if he didn't have enough of a bad week uh, this this week, he gives a graduation uh, speech to the Coast Guard, and this is what he had to say to these Coast Guard graduates. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap. But being here together, I can only assume. Wow. <laughs> it's because nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. So this guy, Kyle Martinson, he's standing there in the White House in the Oval Office with a bunch of Chinese uh, entertainers or athletes, whatever it is. Um, they're, they're all in their suits. Um, it says babies are starving. Families can't afford gas. The border is open. Meanwhile, Joe Biden hanging out in the white house with a bunch of Chinese entertainers. But these are the worst numbers in more than 10 years. 
Yeah, that's the worst number in over a decade, according to Gallup. And it's not just about how they feel about the economy right now. It's how they feel about it going forward. Do you think the economy is getting better or worse? And look here, only 20 percent say better. 77 percent say worse. That's the worst spread again in over a decade. And, you know, it's not just about views of the economy overall. It's views about how you're changing your own habits. Right. How is inflation impacting Americans? Change grocery purchases, 63 percent. Cut back on extras, 63 percent. Cut back on driving, 54 percent. So they're seeing it bad nationally and they're feeling in their pockets as well. But these are the worst numbers. Somebody's pocketing the profits, though. That's just it. So RNC Research put out this montage. Let's take a listen. I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. Transitory. (laughs) And the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's un- highly unlikely that it's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about inflation. Over the last couple of months, uh, we actually saw it trended downward. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said in part most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high-class problems. What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, the number one thing that the president can do is help get COVID under control. Uh, that, we know, is the root cause of inflation. President Biden this afternoon saying he thinks we're at the peak of the crisis right now and that lower prices are on the way. The inflation has everything to do with the supply chain. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, re- undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts. I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. Gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. It's no, it's no joke, though, right? It's not a funny matter. And the Democrats aren't stopping there by taking money out of your pocket. They want to take the guns out of your house. Let's take a listen to Beto O'Rourke. I just took the position that, that may not be politically popular, may be too honest, that not only should no one be able to purchase an AR-15 or an AK-47 because they're designed to kill humans and that high-impact, high-velocity round will just tear up everything inside. You'll bleed out before we can get you back to life. Um, but I don't think that the people who have them right now in civilian use should be able to keep them. I just took the position that... that it's not for him to say. And that's just it. You know, and then you got Elon Musk. The guy riding on the white horse is going to save America. And it's interesting to see how things are playing out with Elon Musk. I think in some respects, he's starting to lose money and he's starting to get angry. So Elon Musk... To Tesla executives, he says this, return to the office for a minimum, and I mean minimum in parentheses, uh, of 40 hours per week. 
40 hours per week or feel uh, feel free to pretend to work somewhere else. Wow. That is quite a statement. So that was a pretty hard line that he took there. Um, so he says here, elaborating on the internal memo, the Tesla CEO sent Musk shared uh, sent Musk shared in a tweet that he was told his top executives that he has told his top executives that they must return to the office for a minimum, and I mean minimum forty hours. If that is not acceptable to any, they could go and work somewhere else. So in the eternal email with the subject line, remote work is no longer acceptable. Musk said that executives and others who return to the office must work from a main Tesla office, not a remote branch office unrelated to the job duties or in another state. Now, it tells me a couple of things there. That SpaceX and Tesla are not connected. They're not connected with unions, and they're not connected with the globalists. Even though he courted the globalists through a... uh, You could see that he was supporting climate change and New World Order. But I think that people are finding him to be a little bit of a threat. And so, in one sense... He is burning his loyalties from both ends. You say, well, he's gaining a whole new customer base. And that might be true that a lot of liberals bought the Tesla car. And and now he's embracing the conservative movement. But, you know, for what reason? You know, I have a lot to say about that. Um, So Elon Musk tweeted this out. He said, I support free speech, but not any one candidate. In fact, he says, uh, Musk says, I gave money to and voted for Hillary and then voted for Biden. So here's a guy, the smartest guy on the planet, literally voted for Biden over Trump. I don't see how you square that, number one. Number two, he was duped by Hillary. Number three, he was actually conned by Amanda Heard. Like he was just flipped out over head over heels in love with Amanda Heard and gave her tons of money. And she hated him. So he says, however, given the unprovoked attacks by leading Democrats against me, and a very cold shoulder to Tesla and SpaceX. So given unprovoked attacks by leading Democrats against me and a very cold shoulder to Tesla and SpaceX, I intend to vote Republican in November. Well, I don't know if he's thinking clearly because he's kind of screwing himself. But I think what he's trying to do is he can't get Trump to support him. He can't get Trump to come back and kiss his ring. So the fact that Trump is not coming back to Twitter says that his Twitter purchase is going to be meaningless. 
Because so long as Trump go, does not go back to Twitter, 50% of American conservatives or 50% of America is going to see Twitter as basically done. No second chance, no second bite at the apple, no chance for a future because they've already squandered it. They've already ruined it for themselves. And so that platform is as dead as disco so long as Trump doesn't go back. And that's that's the that's the key. And I think he understands that, but I think he's locked in to this deal now. I mean, there's a new story that says, you know, 12% of Twitter uh, handles are fake bots and fake accounts. 12%, that's a large number. Uh, of the 250 million people, that's a lot. So, you know, our advertisers going to be suing Twitter for selling them, you know, misrepresenting how many how many people would be viewing their ads because the number is quite low, uh, much, much, much lower. So can you retro- retroactively go back and say, you know, you ripped me off? I want 20% of my money back. And will Twitter do it? So I wrote this, I said, um, about Elon Musk. He says, I support free speech, but not any one candidate. In fact, I gave money to the vo- to and voted for Hillary and voted for Joe Biden. However, given unprovoked attacks by leading Democrats against me and a very cold shoulder to Tesla, SpaceX, I intend to vote Republican in November. I think he's doing this for money. Because I said, not surprised, liberal billionaires will say and do anything to tap into underperforming market share. Twitter lost half the country when it screwed conservatives. Now Amber Heard's boy wants it back, except Trump sees the child's hook buried inside the lure and bait. So he can't get Trump, so he's trying to do the next best thing, work around Trump. And I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off. People aren't biting. People aren't buying. Twitter is damaged. Twitter is flawed. Twitter is fake. I still, you know, like the format and the platform. But for the most part, Twitter is dead because of what they did to Donald Trump for what they did to conservatives, to what they did to bury the Hunter Biden story. And that story should have been heard, and they buried it. And that's the sad, sad news. So, you know, Hunter Biden, this whole story is starting to blow up even more. Um... Right here, this Breitbart exclusive. RNC video details. RNC video details Joe Biden's intimate involvement in corrupt family business. So it says here, of course, Joe Biden was involved in Hunter uh, Hunter's foreign business dealings. And here's three minutes of proof. And again, the RNC... Research Center put this out. 
Let's take a listen to this and then we'll get into this Breitbart story here in just a second. His son, Hunter, joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors. Ten days after the Biden's trip, Shanghai authorities issued the fund's business license. Then Vice President Joe Biden at dinner with his son Hunter, along with Hunter's business associates from Ukraine, Russia and Kazakhstan. And the day after the dinner, a Burisma executive sent a note to Hunter, quoting, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Hunter's lucrative business dealings often included giving as much as 50 percent of his earnings to his dad. The text read, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. And uh, Hunter introduced me as uh, this is Tony, dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. The email reads this way, quote, at the moment, there's a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as follows. 10 held by Hunter for the big guy. I a thousand percent sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times. A newly revealed text message shows Bobolinsky was apparently warned by business partner James Gillier, don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. Chinese executives admitted to reporters that they were actually introduced to the vice president by Hunter Biden. Hunter and the then vice president seen with a pair of Mexican billionaires. At the same time, Hunter had been working on energy deals in Mexico. Joe Biden also had Hunter and his business partner fly on Air Force Two to Mexico. The president agreed to pay Hunter Biden's legal fees for his business dealings with a Chinese controlled company. Hunter's assistant reportedly telling a pair of Biden aides, quote, I spoke with Hunter today regarding his bills. It is my understanding that Hunt's dad will cover these bills in the short term. There is photographic evidence of Biden on a golf outing with both his son, Hunter, and a man called Devin Archer, who was another member of the Burisma board. We also know that Devin Archer in that picture had a meeting in the White House, one-on-one meeting with Joe Biden about a week before they joined the Burisma board. His closest business partner, Hunter, has made at least 19 visits to the White House and other official locations, including a sit-down with then-Vice President Joe Biden in the West Wing. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Well, well. So that video that you just heard is kind of new. It sounds old, but it's actually kind of new. And so Breitbart put put out this uh, article just yesterday, June 1st, and it says exclusive RNC video details Joe Biden's intimate involvement in corrupt family business. And of course, we, we heard also from the... Uh, the uh, laptop uh, repairman says the RNC on Wednesday released a video exclusively to Breitbart News detailing President Joe Biden's involvement in Hunter Biden's family business scheme. While Joe Biden has claimed at least seven times to have no knowledge of his family's corrupt dealings, of course, Bobolinsky. You know, we know that 
that was swept under the rug and buried by Twitter and else uh, others. Text messages from 2019 on Hunter's laptop from hell reveal the Biden family's payout mechanism, which indicates a collection of 50% of family salaries for 30 years. The mechanism could be legal uh, predicates for racketeering charges, according to former Utah U.S. Attorney Brett Tolman. I hope you all can do what I did and pay for every, you know, we, we already saw that quote. But uh, Hunter Biden is currently under investigation by Joe Biden's Justice Department for tax fraud, money laundering, and violation of lobbying news, uh, lobbying laws. Of course, we know that Durham also had the goods on Sussman and Hillary Clinton, and we saw where that went. Anytime you have a case that's brought in D.C., you're going to have a rigged judge. You're going to have a rigged jury. And there's going to be no justice. This is why, so long as this exists, I don't think you could trust D.C. for anything. And I don't think D.C. should be the home for any inside-the-beltway shenanigans. I think that somehow we need to pass a law that says, well, I think we should decentralize the government, number one. Number two, I don't think... Uh, inside the beltway corruption should be should be uh, because it's so corrupt inside the beltway corruption should never be litigated inside the beltway that's my theory and uh, I think we I think case in point is that we saw what happened with the Durham Sussman trial we saw what happened with General Flynn and uh, that trial so, no, I don't think they're capable. Just like they're not capable of counting mail-in ballots. Apparently, just go and ask Pennsylvania. So, so long as you, you know, you're incapable, you can't have it both ways. You can't say this is going to be safer and better for everybody. And then say, oh, well, because of, you know, we've had such a great demand, we can't get the results by Election Day. No, if you can't do both, then you can't do either. So according to an April Harris poll, 58% of Americans believe Joe Biden has played a role in his family's business. 60% say Hunter Biden, a key member of the family enterprise, has sold influence and access to Joe Biden. The poll also found that 67% believe Joe Biden should be impeached if he is secretly if he secretly participated and facilitated in the family business 67%. That's pretty pretty damning. So, I don't know, we'll see. But let's take a listen to this particular clip. That Hunter Biden was uh, trading on his father's name to make a lot of money. It seems pretty clear that Hunter Biden was uh, trading on his father's name to make a lot of money. Of course. Of course he was. So he sold, sold, sold out. Sold out America. Not just to Ukraine. Not just to China. But elsewhere. In the Middle East. The JCPOA deal was a big, huge win financially for them. 
So there's a lot. There's an absolute lot. Um, there's a story over at National Pulse I wanted to get to today. It says, White House Supply Chain Advisor is a World Economic Forum climate change activist who worked at Hunter Biden's think tank. <laughs> you can't make this up. Margot Cleveland writes this about the Sussman trial and the corruption there. She says, the special counsel proved the FBI, the FBI belongs to the swamp. And I think that's actually one of the things we take away from that case, that we take that away. Um, also, Kelly Ward out in Arizona uh, basically said that McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Liz Ch- Cheney, and others are trying to, to destroy the Republican Party while former President Donald Trump tried to save the Republican Party. And I thought that was a really good speech she gave. We were going to play that if we had time. Let's see. Chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party and author of... That's what we should do in the 2020 election, Mm -hmm. 2022 election and the 2024 election. Got to go. Well, you know what? And very well said. I think that's part of the problem. And I know it's your job to get Republicans elected. But now you have a GOP senators like Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn of Texas, among others, eager to undercut the clear language of the Second Amendment. If both parties collude to blow up our founding document, why are we the people bound to recognize the authority that document gives these statists? Well, it stresses the importance of the primary elections. And many times Republicans want to just ignore the primaries and then say, Whichever Republican is is there is better than a Democrat. And most are. I will tell you, most are. I don't know why the media pretends that Adam Kinzinger is actually a Republican. He is not a Republican. He is a Democrat. He is a Democrat colluder, and he also wants to destroy this country. He's another one that is open to gun bans. He's open to destroying this nation, for goodness sake. So these kind of Republicans, we have got to replace them. Remember? Yep, that's true. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out org to find out what we're doing to promote America First policies to make America great again. Also, be sure to check out MyPillow.com. They got 50% discount, not 30, which is the normal 30% discount you get off of the mattresses. 50% discount when you use the code word Red State. 50% discount on the foam and the coil mattresses. I get the coil. I recommend the coil. Um, the 50% off on the mattresses right now. And uh, and that's it. We'll go ahead and uh, see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Right up to day.